It's your girl Vanessa Denae. And it's your boy, Swoosh Knight. And you're tuning into Love, Love Yours, the podcast. What's good, it's cousins? Hello, hello. <laughs> Without fail. This is Love Yours, the podcast. The podcast that promotes black mental health, black mental wealth, and black mental stability. And they will forever be out of reach until you. Of course. Yo, we back in the mix again. You know, was it third episode of the season? We narrowing in on 2,000 downloads and what, 100 episodes. Yo, what a time to be alive. Big things popping. <laughs> <laughs> So what other way to celebrate that is by, you know, getting this 2000 with a new guest. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Kyra Mahoney, the uh, host and creator of The Vibe Selection, former FF State student, entrepreneur, Bay Area native. Ow. She's loyal to the soil. Yes. A uh, proud black woman. Absolutely. Kyra Mahoney, let's go. Oh my gosh, that was such a wonderful intro. I'm not going to lie. Like I said before, I'm not used to being, you know, the one at answering the questions. Definitely honored to be here today. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, so tell, tell our guests a little bit more about yourself. How'd you get started? Where are you from? So I am I am Bay Area native. I was born and raised in the Bay Area. I previously attended SF State where I was a broadcast media major. And the reason why I came up with the podcast was because like so many other within broadcast, I was having trouble landing an internship. While broadcast media itself is such a huge market, it is actually pretty small in the availability of jobs that they have. Mm -hmm. A lot of the same faces on there, and that's because the business itself, it's very competitive. So when the pandemic had hit, I had actually got laid off from my job and I was doing something else that wasn't in regards to broadcast media, but to realize, you know, with all this time that I had, why continue to wait for someone to give me a job? Why not create my own path for myself? And that's the beauty of being in broadcast media is that you can create your own job. You can own platform. And I also wanted to talk about things that I was passionate about. I didn't just want to talk about traditional news. I wanted to talk about a wide variety of different topics. So mm -hmm. I came up with the idea of the podcast because I was like, yeah, I'm able to totally do that. So with that, I wanted to launch and create Vibe Selection Podcast. And so I decided to launch August 26th of 2020. And from there, it's been a pretty huge success. I've had, you know, a wide variety of different guests on the show. A lot of it really is based around metaphysics and kind of music. Music was actually my first passion because originally I wanted to be in the music business. But then I came to the reality like, okay, well, you know, even though I want to be in the music business, for you to actually get in there and become successful, that's kind of a one in a million chance opportunity so yeah. with that i was like well what can i do where i can still talk or do what i love but i can also make money it's really hard to be able to create an income for yourself you really got to go out there grind and hustle so i was able to come up with the concept of vibe selection it took me some time though i will say that there was a lot of self-doubt a lot of self-limiting beliefs that you know i had that I had to get over. But once I was able to do that, Vibe Selection was created. So I am here today now as a host. Yeah, that I think that was definitely an understatement of like how starting that first venture is like so anxiety provoking. So like, I don't like to hear my voice. I don't like, like, where do we start? And I think that's, that's where me and they, you know, how to come up with the mud, you know? Yeah, with, with I mean, life. oh God. <laughs> don't let me don't, don't, don't. he swears he, he swears we got it out the mud <laughs> so Wait. so extra last week he had people thinking we didn't have no mics that we recorded on our phone first episode no we had mics like don't listen to this guy but I yes mean, it took us a minute to get it going but like 
We wasn't out here recording on our phones. But you know, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, when you are someone that is an interviewer, you got to be able to do things on the fly. So if that means you pull mm. out your phone and you're recording, you're doing an interview, and that's what it takes to get that interview, you got to do what you got to do. Exactly. Get it how you live it out here. Exactly. You know? up, that's what it is. Some of my shows that I produce, I don't even have a microphone. A lot of them, I'm not even using a microphone. I'm like, you know what? We just going to talk. And it is going to be what it is. But I do have a microphone, though. So then how did you kind of get over that, like, you know, initial anxiety and and uneasiness? I just realized, like, okay, I'm going to keep allowing your fears to stifle you. And you're in a perfect opportunity where you're in a position where you have all this time in your hands, like I said before. And it's just about getting it done and not really caring about what people think. Once I was able to kind of clear my mind of that, I was able to ultimately produce the podcast. But it definitely did take some time. I had actually been thinking about creating this podcast for well over two years now. Someone had put the battery in my You know what? I have someone that I know that has a podcast. What do you think about having your own show? And I was like, "Uh, you know, maybe eventually I would want to do that. But I wasn't really too sure of having my own show because I didn't know the type of content at the time. So, you know, after a while, it started to be a little bit more clear the direction that I wanted to go. And so I was able to get everything together from there and, you know, write things down, kind of like what we're talking about today, journaling, where I was able to kind of come up with the direction of the podcast to be. You know, and, and it feels good to be an entrepreneur. It feels good to have your own business and yeah, I mean, absolutely all of that and see it grow. So, you know, thanks for joining us. You know, as Kyra said, hey, today we're talking about journaling. Because, you know, we come into the end, well, we're already at the end of Black History Month and, you know, we're starting, uh, well, Black History Month number two by the time this is released. And so why not? Why not go in and talk about journaling? Because for the most part, I think that's a great way to continue this this movement of Black History Month 365 because March is Black History Month, April, May. You know, I think it's this time we do some colonizing, you know, or reverse. <laughs> Why do you call it colonizing? Reverse, reverse <laughs> what? colonizing? What Is you that mean, even, what? I don't even understand how you made that correlation right there. That don't even make no we, sense. Right? The name. Why are you here with this man? We take Why are you here with this man? Every week. You, Wait, what girl, you mean? What, what you mean? Week. What you, you mean? can't let you this mean? man take you down, girl. Mm-mm. We can't take or conquer over months. See, but that's why I'm months? here. That's why I'm here with you today, Nay, because you know we gonna rule the world. This is our show today. Oh, you see, Irish show. Colonizing the rest of the world. Girls are colonizing the world. <laughs> no, we're not. Oh, jeez. You're just a world? hater. You're just a hater. Who runs the world. I'm You're a saying. hater because you gotta He's fall behind us. He's gotta fall behind us. But that's so cool. I'm having- I guess. I mean. It's not like I'm sitting here saying reverse sexism out here. I mean, come on. Come on, guys. Relax. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying facts. That's all I do. <laughs> so what's the next question? Are we just trying to take back? So here we are. We're trying to talk about journaling. And journaling is the art of a written record of your thoughts and feelings for self-expression, self-reflection, self-improvement. So many of us, therapists, mentors, counselors, social workers, you know, people higher up or people you look up to encourage this sort of journaling because it comes with many benefits. Being able to journal strengthens your immune cells, improves your mental health, control of your emotions and experiences of stress, depression, anxiety, improves your memory, helps prioritize your problems or kind of things that you're working on or own personal fears, increase awareness of your triggers, negative thoughts and behaviors, helps clarify thoughts and feelings during your own personal self-reflection, raising emotional intelligence, self-discipline, goal motivation, sparks creativity, and the benefits, you know, just continue the list. But it feels within the black community, journaling isn't so prevalent, or at least it's used more often by a certain demographic. But before we get into that, do you guys have an active journal? Are you guys journaling right now? Yes, I am definitely. Um, journaling is, like you said, you know, for your mental awareness, your mental health, to jot down your ideas, 
And, you know, I also think journaling is great for manifesting things. I feel like manifesting has a big cliche behind it. And it's kind of a joke amongst like, oh, I'm manifesting things. But really, manifesting is about just putting down whatever your ideas are, but you actively pursuing these ideas. For example, if you're someone that wants to go on a particular career path, Mm -hmm. a particular job, writing that down, but also sending in the applications for the job. You know, it's not all about, oh, okay, I'm just going to write it, leave it there, and hopefully something comes of the situation. It's, like I said, actively doing things or even relationship with someone, thinking about the type of man that you want, and then seeing what qualities you have. And then from there, going out and dating and seeing what's out there. And then ultimately, that will kind of lead you into the direction of ideal man or woman that you're looking for. So I think it's very good for manifesting things. And I feel like with me actively journaling, I was able to manifest my own podcast and not just by sitting around and hoping things, you know, fall from the sky, but, you know, actively doing something to make it happen for myself, going out there, getting the equipment to start my podcast, you know, finding the guests that I want for my podcast, sitting down and writing the type of content that I want out, all of those things a form of manifesting. So when you're able to journal and jot your ideas down, you're make you're ultimately able to make things happen for yourself. What about you, Nay? I do not have a typical journal right now. When I was younger, I did. I did a lot of writing. I think I've shared before on the podcast that I did write poetry. I just never let anyone read what? it. But as I've gotten older, I realized that I am like a visual person. So my quote unquote journal right now would be more so a sketchbook. So I'm a doodler. And even with, you know, the whole idea of manifesting looks more so along the lines of almost like a comic book. So I'm drawing pictures and writing words, but that's just me. It, It helps me as opposed to just sitting there writing and continuing to write. Like I like to add pictures into it and different stuff like that. So that that's what I do. For me, I think I think I have like a little idea journal. I have like a multiple journals, ones for my password, ones for like, hey, you know, let me actually get into some some past stuff, timeline stuff, you know, what clients I used to work with, their difficulties, because I think it's mostly about like self-reflection. Well, one, like just a brain flush of just all the ideas. Another one's for just like a reflection of like decisions I made, how I could get better. Am I wrong to say that African-Americans aren't using journaling as much as they should? Um, I definitely think, I will say in my particular situation, I do know a lot of African-American people that definitely journal. And I will say in particular, my mother that taught me about journaling. A lot of times, you know, as we know with a lot of people in the black community, talking to therapists such as yourself, it's not something that a lot of people are comfortable with doing. And so for my mom in her particular situation, there were things that went on with her on a personal level that she wasn't really able to discuss with anybody else, or she didn't have the resources at the time to talk to a therapist about them. So her journaling was a form for things that she was going through in her personal life and then able to, you know, make things happen for herself. So that's something that she definitely passed down to me and told me, you know, write down your ideas, write down your thoughts, what you're feeling, because you're ultimately able to act on them and correct them. So I will definitely say that journaling is definitely important to Black people because, like I said, a lot of them don't really feel like they want to go to a therapist or spend the money on doing it. So that's definitely another form of outlet for them to be their thoughts and emotions out there. I think that it's catching on more so now. I feel like the younger generations or our generation um, are more in tune with the idea that mental health is important. And we've said this time and time again that mental health issues weren't necessarily talked about within the Black community. So I feel like us aware of situations has made us look for outlets. Yeah, we might not be able to afford, you know, the therapy or the counseling and stuff, but we're actually doing the research Mm -hmm. to figure out what other options. So I do feel becoming more and more popular. I think the, the rashness of my question may be more towards of just upon trying to structure this, this episode and going and doing Googles and looking for like specific prompts for African-Americans, whether it be specific to Black History Month or their own personal reflections on their blackness, there was very slim to none. Or it was just like, 
it's within a book that you have to buy for like 30 bucks. But maybe it's better rephrase to rephrase it as, do you feel like it's more prominent within black women to journal versus black men? I definitely feel like it's more popular amongst women. Yeah, I would agree. And I will say the only reason why I think that is because I have not come across many that openly talk about it. But then I think that kind of brings up the idea about men in general not not being comfortable with opening up about their emotions because I feel exactly. like a lot of men have that thought process where if they talk about their feelings or emotions, it makes them soft. So journaling is something for certain men where they feel like it's it's more girly, it's more feminine. So there probably definitely are some men that are out there journaling and stuff and manifesting and doing what they need to do. But I don't feel like, at least from my perspective, I don't see it as super common amongst men. Uh, it just made me think. I had an ex who he didn't necessarily journal, but he list like list were his thing. So I mean, if if you look at the way he wrote his list or whatever he to, he needed to do, it kind of was him journaling. But you know, he would never sit there and be like, "Oh yeah, I have a journal." It's like, nah, I got the I got this list that is set up for me to accomplish these certain things and how to go about it and so on and so forth. Uh, like she said, I, I don't think a lot of men are actually journaling because it is looked at as, you know, this is kind of for women or, you know, talking about emotions, who does that? You got a little thing. diary or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. See, you had to take it there with that <laughs> word. <laughs> hey, man. Like, oh, he got a diary. What is that? <laughs> I mean... Circles. as the man <laughs> see this is why we don't hear about a lot of them actually journaling because you see it as a diary they see it as something feminine a diary is something that most women write in yeah oh gosh see yeah like i'm not expecting you to bust out your your furry diary with a key <laughs> yeah. and lock and like nah man. man you know a simple composition notebook will do exactly <laughs> With your legs up. Yeah. <laughs> see? See? But it's not. It's Stop not, it. I, I don't know. I think as I reflect on things, I don't think there was ever an issue with that. I think I remember in, in elementary school, yeah, we would have those composition books that we would write in and the teacher, you know, write just whatever's on your mind, free writing. And then I remember that being always cathartic and being nice. And hey, the, knowing, hey, the only person that sees this is me and the teacher not having to worry about it. I remember those days, but then I don't remember growing out of that. We just stopped doing it. And then all of a sudden... Yeah, you just got to a certain grade and it was like, nah, here's this homework. Right. I don't care about your day-to-day experiences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like, you ain't write, you ain't write what I want to hear. Like, that's nice. You made it personal, but that's not what we was writing on. I'm, and, and maybe, maybe there there is something to say about that of like whether our educational system may have impacted that. Or maybe it's, you know, women have been or, you know, better writers or that wasn't a skill that was, you know, encouraged as much. I don't know. What, what, why do you feel like there's there's challenges for that for black men beyond like, you know, stereotypes and gender roles, maybe? Or is it more than that? I mean, that's kind of a question for you. <laughs> I mean, right? How we can't talk from a man's perspective? Because I feel like, but I'm just saying. No, I don't feel like there's a reason you should not journal. But you know, I'm also not a black exactly. man, so I can't necessarily speak to like why you guys choose not to, or whatever the case may be, or why you feel like you can't. I, I get my perspective. I'm wondering from the outside also. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer. I'm going to answer. But I think it's just mostly just like, hey, what do you guys see? Because I can definitely also understand how black men, instead of, you know, going to a therapist, going to their journal, they may be using black women to heal and be their therapist. Mm, but do you think that black men really open up about their emotions? Or do you feel like when they talk about their emotions, that demasculizes them? With their with their women, their sacred person. I, Hell no, they don't. You guys do not talk about your emotions. <laughs> I think there are definitely some. Why though? Like that's like, 
That's the problem right there. <laughs> Listen, he's he's asking these questions and then answering them. Think what do come on? It is the issue. (laughs) That is the issue. Like we we want to hear your nitty gritty nonsense, like because then you just bottle stuff up. And this is why you got men talking about oh f women because that one girl in fourth grade broke my heart. Like bro, seek therapy. Write it down. Get a journal. My g, let it go. But Let I also think that it kind of <laughs> it kind of brings up the idea of toxic masculinity and how some women mm-hmm. sometimes can perpetrate that too. And in this situation, when oh, certain sure. men want to open up or for example, if you see a man crying, right? Or he's talking about his emotions or whatever he's been through in his childhood that might have been traumatic, that may be something that, you know, is affecting him in his adult life. Sometimes women would be like I don't want to hear about that. You soft, you weak, you know? And so sometimes some men shut down because it's like, wow, you're my woman. Here you are, my wife, my girlfriend. I'm trying to open up to you. And you're making me feel like I'm less of a man just because I want to talk about my thoughts and emotions. So for them, it makes them shut down. And, you know, men in general in our society are thought to be people that almost don't have emotions. Well, we all know that everybody is human. So regardless of your, if you're a man or male or female, you're someone that emo- evokes emotions. And it's something where people shouldn't, you know, make fun of you or make you feel like you're less than just because you're talking about your thoughts and emotions. So I think that's why a lot of men don't talk about their emotions, number one, and some of them don't journal. Because like I said, it's mm-hmm. something that is, you know, that most females do. True. I feel like there's definitely the the stigma around it, the stigma opening up. There's a piece with like not being praised so much about their writing for black men um unless you're really good at it and it's you know it's always been something that your parents have put forward and you know the community has pushed forward but quite often i haven't met too many that are like yeah I'm, i've always been good at writing or i've never been good at writing but you know i have a journal it's mostly active sport active active things so another thing i think that happens is i think men are actually really really talented mm-hmm. writers like I think sometimes more so than women. Um, But I think they go a different path with their writing. I don't know about y'all, but I feel like as far as like spoken and stuff like that, like I see more black men there than I do black Mm -hmm. women. So I think that, okay, they're not journaling, but they turn it into like a specific. So it's like, yeah, I'm a poet or yeah, I'm a rapper. Like, because I, I, I've had an ex who was into music and that is how he got his emotions out. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily a journal for, per se, but he could be going through some things and write an entire song. So I think that that's where men mm-hmm. take it. Like they try and they need it to have a different name other than journaling or something like that. And it, it makes them okay and confident mm-hmm. in that. Okay. Absolutely. I agree with that assumption. A rap book. Yeah. Because that's what it is. I mean, journaling doesn't literally have to be you, you know, writing down all your emotions. It could be a list. I mean, it's it's many different types of things. It could be a list. It could be ideas. It could be different types of things, you know? Yeah, because I definitely noticed that I think the more I hear about, like, men journaling, it has to be around, like, it is about, like, music or, like, business ideas or, like, you know, trying to create something. Very little on, like, self-reflection. Mm-hmm. I do feel like, I think we've talked about this, Nay, of like men are sometimes more emotional or can be more emotional than women, but just like, just a lot of times. <laughs> I believe, just, I agree. And I think avoiding that and, you know, on top of you don't show your emotions. And then when you actually do show those emotions, how deep they can go. It's just kind of, I definitely can understand how scary it can be, especially for men, of just like, I opened up a can of worms, and that emotional side kind of takes over. But why is it that way for men? Why do men feel like they cannot express themselves and their emotions? Why is it, you know, something that they're too scared to do? I feel like that's part of like, if we're looking at the Black community, it's part of the upbringing. Mm. 
Because how many times have you heard like, oh, you can't be crying, you a boy or, you know, stuff like that. So it's it's years and years of trauma, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so they develop a complex and it's just like, nah, you can't see me cry Mm -hmm. like that makes me soft or, you know that oh, this is something that girls do. I'm a boy. I'm, I'm a man. Like, I'm, I definitely can't show this or show that. So they might be doing it so much on purpose, but it's just one of those things where they were raised like that. It's unfortunate. You know, we have to do so much to undo the, the, the damage that's been done and to break the cycle. But yeah, it's frustrating. So do you feel like that starts from home or is that something that's societal? Ooh. I think it's a little mm-hmm. bit of both. I would agree. A little bit of both because you can you can easily have some parents that are just, you know, like I know a few people who grew up in a home where it wasn't it was like that, like oh you're a boy, you can't cry, so on and so forth. I know a few men like that. And now they have sons and some of them have changed the narrative, like very, very much affectionate with their son, letting them know, you know, it's okay to cry because they've been through horrible things and realized, like, if I would have known I could express my emotions years ago, half of this shit I've been through wouldn't have been so bad. Like I would have been able to handle it. So they've changed the narrative and then fixed our fixing the damage with their own children. But then some of them, you know, they still on that, you know, that's how it goes. You're a boy, you can't cry. Suck it up, you're a man. Stuff like that. And they're just keeping it going. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, it could be society and your upbringing because in TV, movies, all of that stuff, when are they really, really showing men being vulnerable? Especially black men. Mm-hmm. There's people I know today who refuse to watch like, like moonlight because one it has too much emotion and then they're just afraid of like oh no you know crying that makes you gay and just a whole bunch you wouldn't believe the nonsense that i've heard i mean i think that it's crazy that you know in our society we perpetrate these stereotypes amongst men and women and we box them into different categories where it makes them not be able to feel like they can be vulnerable i mean like i said we're all human we all have we all have thoughts we all have desires we all have these things but I think that it's it's very interesting to see how you know people even with society putting these norms around us and all these stigmas how that can be perpetrated within the household how people actually go along with it that's something that I never really understood it's like this this sounds completely absurd so with it sounding crazy why continue to perpetrate that since we are already like talking about trauma, you're also talking about a system that keeps you stuck in a way and continuing to use problematic techniques to keep you in that spot and avoid or think healthy ways of communicating and interacting are, you know, outlandish. Absolutely. Or helpful techniques, calming outlets, catharsis are, you know, something that will get you killed (laughs) but then but then like some of those things are legit like and it's the life some people live i mean i don't want to now i don't want to make it seem like i was some crybaby because me even being a female i'm not a crybaby either you know what i'm saying there's a time and place for everything but i don't want someone that's going to be afraid to show their emotions that feels like because they're a man they can't you know cry or express themselves and i feel like you know it's something that our society has put amongst men in general. And I feel like mm-hmm. black men get it the worst. You know, they're constantly mm-hmm. having to prove themselves and prove their masculinity. And I mean, this goes back even to slavery, you know, about how. Ooh. I was just about to say that. Here we are, I was literally man. about to be like, I don't want to be the person to say it. Yeah. But hey. slavery, you, you know, because <laughs> you but, couldn't show any emotion. Like, okay. If you show too much, too much love for your family, for your wife, your kids, or whatever, that that would be their target to make you work harder. Like, oh, okay, you love your kids, I'm gonna take them away because you didn't do what I said to fucking do. Like, so mm-hmm. it's it sucks, man. Or even I mean, the I mean, just say least, slavery. I mean, even when we were talking with <laughs> Albert of just like how he grew up in Chicago, you know, 
just sign, just any sign of weakness, you have to put on a facade. You have to put on a mask to like go through life. That's what a lot of people have to do. Not only, not only men or, but like women as well. I would say women as well too, mm-hmm. because even just having a discussion about like how women have to interact with certain men or like you know respond to catcalling or have to tiptoe mm-hmm. around people's emotions. And this is what I'm saying. If if their emotions as a child rejection wouldn't necessarily be so detrimental Mm -hmm. to them when it happens so it's just like everything everything correlates with that you know if i may add if we're gonna also take it back i'm gonna take it back to slavery one more again and i'm gonna say that even back then when the slave masters were trading in the slaves you know as if they were cattle the idea was a lot of these black men were capable and had more strength than any human. They were almost seen as animals themselves. So they were able to withstand long hours in the fields and all of these things. And then the women, they the idea of why gynecology was ultimately created was because African-American women were able to sustain a lot of pain. And so it was almost kind of like a freak show experiment that they did on a lot of African-American women to see what was going on in the reproductive system. So, I mean, all of these ideas is that African-American people as a whole are stronger than anybody else. So, you know, I, I think that correlates into how we think about people and races in our society today. Well, just to focus on black women, do you feel like there are some that don't or avoid journaling? Oh, I'm sure. Expressing their feelings. I mean, of course, I can't speak for all women, you know, but I will say that, especially black women, but I will say that I'm sure there are women out there that think that journaling is a joke. You know, the benefits of it. And that's on them, you know, for whatever reasons that might be, whether it is, you know, they see it as something that, okay, well, what is the point of me journaling? What is that going to do for myself? And I think oftentimes that can be women that don't really have a plan for themselves, that don't really want much out of life, you know, that are okay with staying stagnant in whatever position that they're in. So yeah, definitely. There are, I will say that I'm sure there are women out there that don't really care about journaling. I would agree. I want to also say that, you know, the whole upbringing, it definitely can go both ways as far as um, male or female. So a lot of women could have grown up in a household um, we've said it before where it's just like you're trying to talk to your parents about something and it's just like mm-hmm. you'll be all right pray on it shake it off stuff like that so not knowing how to process the emotion is still the same you know and it's it's especially black women because mm-hmm. we have to put up with a lot of shit just day to day and the first first words that anybody thinks of when they're describing black women is like oh they're just so strong and so this and so that and it's like okay you get the idea that you have to put on this strong facade and okay I'm not allowed to process my emotions or to deal with my emotions or show emotion because then I'm going to be labeled as the angry black woman or whatever the case may be so it's like it, it goes both ways you know, depending on how you were raised, you might not think that journaling is, is very helpful. You feel like, like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna write it down, mm-hmm. but shit still got to get done. So yeah, why write? We, Let me just Before do- we got on air, me and Kyra were talking about like doing all the talk and complaining about how things are, whether it be just, you know, racism or just like, you know, how black men treat black women and all that, all of, all of that is you know fine and dandy but then where are we talking about like change when are we talking about what things we can do right now to change the predicament like i mentioned before there's a lot of people that feel like because there are constitutional laws that you know make people that kind of say that people cannot be cannot discriminate and so forth that that means that you know racism racism has ended as a whole when it hasn't You know, just because someone isn't outwardly racist doesn't mean that they're not inwardly racist. And I think a lot of people have to keep that in mind. And, you know, like I said previously, before we got on air with, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter movement, all of the issues that came up during the movement 
are still issues are the issues that were going on from the past. You know, a lot of these things haven't been changed. They've just been suppressed. And so, you know, they're just coming up again because people are like, all right, well, you know, you continue to be innocent black men and you continue to discriminate against African-American people and people from other different races. And at this point, I'm tired. We locked down. We don't know when we're going to get out. We don't know how we're going to pay our bills. You know, we don't know where we're going to get our next meal. Um, and so with all of that, I think it just kind of, you know, bottled up and then it just, you know, hit its breaking point. And so a lot of these issues started to come up again. But yeah, you know, it, it's just crazy. It's, it's, it's things that our society just has not been able to address. They just swept everything under the carpet, in my opinion. I mean, there's a lot of things that still that do need change, that do need effort and adjustments. I mean, one specifically is like, you know, we don't have enough African-American clinicians for everybody. And that is one of the deterrents on top of, you know, confronting stigma within the black community about mental health and getting services, going to therapy, seeing a psychiatrist, taking medication to ease or take the first step, do you guys feel like journaling is an adequate alternative or at least like a, an introduction to thinking about the idea of therapy, going to therapy, or is that, is it not enough? I, I definitely think that it is a good way to start off. You know, this is interesting because um, when I was going to SF State, I took a um, African psychology class. And I thought I was just going to pretty much learn a Western kind of ideal about African psychology, but it got so deep mm -hmm. into spirituality. And so what it was kind of teaching is how in Western psych in uh, Western psychology, it's all about kind of creating these um, ideas that whatever someone's behavior is, it's kind of deemed as being deviant behavior. Like if you're bipolar, it's kind of something where they create the stigma where you have the problem. So there's so many people out there that think, okay, well, I got to go and see a psychiatrist. There's something wrong with me. And I don't want to feel like I'm crazy. So I don't want to go see a, that psychiatrist that I really actually need. And so with mm -hmm. African psychology, it was more so versed around the idea of getting to the root of the issue, which is on a spiritual level. And in these situations, you'll go to a shaman that kind of figures out what's going on with you. And in that it kind of invokes, you know, to channel your ancestors to be able to figure out, you know, what ultimately went wrong in your situation. Because people that sometimes develop um, bipolar disorder don't always develop it early in their lives. They can develop that at any particular time in their lives. And what this does is it, with African psychology is it actually gets the, into the root of the issue and heals it permanently where that person doesn't actually have to be on medication. And so they're able to live, you know, a health, a healthy, happy life. And in Western psychology, it doesn't do the same thing. So yeah, I definitely think that journaling is the first step to kind of doing that because you're able to bring up the idea of like, okay, this is what's going on me. Let me reflect on this a little bit. And if I can't actually figure out what's going on or if I can't actually help the situation, let me take the next step into finding, you know, another outlet for me to be able to, you know, figure out what's going on and heal it. It's a start. It's, it's definitely a start of being able to be honest with yourself and reflect off something like good practice. Because I mean, a journal, it's not, it's not human. It's, it's not another person and, but it's still a trusted source. It's still somebody or something that you can put your thoughts down, look back at them, or at least kind of just get everything out release kind of see the issue on paper and kind of reflect on like yeah that that move I like you know I I, I shouldn't have gone over to her house I was mm, I was I was out there willing to get hurt or you know just you know being able to look at alternative options reflect on your mistakes and get over it I mean that's with me when I've journaled in my you know just timeline and just like ah, i should have took this approach with this client because this approach would have landed a lot better and just being able to reflect on that if you want to write about who you smashing and who you shouldn't have smashed, that's what you said man hey that's what you that's said. not what you i were said referencing. that's what you were referencing okay 
y'all y'all playing me out here so reflecting catharsis reassessing your decisions i definitely feel like it's a viable first step to get back into it especially for black men and that's where we should start is journaling but clearly you need to protect it from women because you know y'all be jumping to conclusions y'all be y'all men be premeditated so we gotta you know we gotta let you know what it is we gotta check you we gotta put in perspective for you because what would you be without me what would men be without women we are the creators of life so if there was no me there would be no you you know what i'm saying so i just gotta put in a perspective for you (laughs) 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 Woo! well (laughs) man it's all you love. Are it's selling all it love. today. It is all Woo. love. It's not personal. Um, I would say it's not an alternative. It could be only for, for so long, but if you do actually need like therapy and a counselor, then you should definitely seek that. Journaling, I feel like, is a first step mm. to keep you afloat for sure. so long. That's, that is a good point, Nay. Like it's more of a life preserver clearly it's not meant for the to do all that a therapist is supposed to do yeah it's like a, it's a it's mm-hmm. a flotation device it's definitely a flotation device i think it should be used mm. in addition to so i mean so then with that being said like how can you tell like hey journaling is cool for you now but it's not gonna be it forever like, do you feel like there's signs for that? There could be. I mean, if you feel like, you know, you're you're doing all this journaling and things aren't necessarily changing, mm-hmm. that could possibly be a sign. Okay, you need some some additional steps, some additional tools, skills, or whatever to pick up in order to improve mm-hmm. your um, quality of life. But as as far as the specifics, I don't think case thing. Um. I think it depends on where you're journaling for, you know, like if journaling for a career goal, I think that it's, Mm -hmm. that's all you really need. If it's something where it's about your mental awareness, maybe it's a traumatic situation that you're going through within that time, then yeah, another, another alternative, maybe this, the first step, like seeking therapy, or maybe it's something, you know, where it's more mental health based and a psychiatrist or something. So I think mm-hmm. it just all depends on whatever it is that you're journaling for and whatever your specific needs for. Like if you need community, you need someone to talk to, where can I go to seek someone that I can talk to? Whether it's a friend, family member of an outlet, you know, or a group or something like that. You know, fair points. I think there's definitely a, a point of re- recognizing that this is a true serious situation that you're trying to, you know, get through or trying to find clarity in and this might be above your pay grade and you need to go find someone else definitely there's a piece of like if things aren't changing things aren't getting better you're still not happy or you know meeting your goals that is where you need a an expert you need to go to and it may not be a therapist it may be you know a an, a more well-established mentor or you know a doctor or maybe it's <laughs> or maybe it's another like entrepreneur who shows you the ropes and is like, oh, this is this is what I do to make things a lot better. So I think there's definitely you have to keep in mind of of that kind of ceiling to it, because I'm sure there's plenty of people that kind of stay in it and try to use things for a long time, but then realize it loses its like effectiveness. Right. But yeah, that was great. Great discussion. So why don't we jump into some like journal prompts, because there's a lot of things that, you know, people can use. As they start their own journaling journey, their own journaling process, especially when, you know, you're trying to continue the Black History 365. For me, I definitely recommend like the whole, like focusing on like Black community, mental health, social justice, which are some great areas for you to consider based on the year that we had, because it was one hell of a year to be Black. (laughs) 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 <laughs> it is one hell of a year to be black 365 days man the kick up the black community section i mean thinking about or answering how will you remind yourself of your resilience over the past year because 
man, I mean, you can name the number of losses that we had since the last Black History Month. Breonna Taylor, you know, Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, to name a few. It's been a lot to hold on to, a lot to keep pushing on. So, you know, I feel like that's a, a prime question to ask or a prime prompt to consider and think about. Next would be, you know, what would you do to, to make others feel more included within the Black Lives Matter? Because I think the one thing that was apparent during that time and the movements and the protests was that there are many demographics within the black community that felt excluded. Black women came out and they also voiced their kind of frustration with it. Black trans definitely felt like they were excluded by people with disabilities as well. So it's definitely definitely things and efforts that we could do to make them feel more excluded. So, you know, considering our own efforts to do so is definitely something that should be asked of us. Other ones such as, you know, what has brought you black joy over the past year? What part of racial this racial war feels the heaviest to you are two that hey, why are you going to build in this resolve, going to help you open up, think more about why these kind of mixed feelings continue to pop up and push those feelings deep. Of course, you know, then we encourage you guys to focus on your own mental health. How does a black person feel? What's the one thing you feel like you can't heal from? As in, you know, as we talk more about trauma. And then what's healing look like specifically for the black community? In regards to social justice, I think uh, the song Snow in the Bluff by J. Cole really brought a lot of ideas for me in thinking about the guilt we've all experienced regarding protest and kind of, you know, the feeling of not not being able, not feeling like we've been able to do enough, not feeling like we contribute enough, even though we've, we've done a lot. And so thinking about how do you wish you were addressed or how should people that are, you know, educated in the movements and civil rights, how do you talk with those that are feeling, you know, that kind of uh, either protest fatigue or, you know, guilt towards that lack of involvement, as well as, you know, what can you do in order to further address that need further in the future, or what can you do to better your community? There's other areas of, of self-reflection that there are plenty of general prompts that you can find as well. And then we have manifesting, which which I believe you had some ideas on, Kyra. Yes, writing down your thoughts and ideas, you know, whether, like I said, it's a career, whether it's your ideal man you're looking for, relationship, you know, whether it's your thoughts, whether it is things that you are going through on a personal level, you know, manifesting things can really, really help you. But you also have to remember that you have to be active when it comes to manifesting things. And, you know, I also will say that in this time of the pandemic, um, there are so many people that have so much time to think about what their situation is. You know, try to start from the beginning. There's so many people that are laid off, don't really know, you know, when they're going get, to get another job, how they're going to get it. They have to start a whole new career path. And I encourage people in this pandemic to take the leap of faith. If it's a career that you're looking to get into, do it. This is a perfect opportunity for you to do what it is that you do. Do things in, the, in your life that fulfill you. You know, I feel like this time that we have is so precious. And a lot of people, you know, over the years, we take advantage of the simple things in life, just going out you know, going to the beach, you know, going to a restaurant, you see that there's, you know, all these restaurants have been closed up, at least in California. And, you know, people are really thinking about, hey, like, even if it's just me going to a restaurant, that means so much to them, because everybody has been enclosed in the house and been to themselves. But I also think it's great, because it's allowed people to be able to create other paths for themselves and think about how they're going to move forward and what they actually truly want out of life we are in a situation where it's constantly we're going 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 it's we work money we don't always make time for family but in this time with the pandemic we've been able to make a lot of time for family so you know just take take into consideration that even with all that's going on in the pandemic 
pandemic has been a lot of blessings that have come along with this pandemic as well. So true. I just want everybody to take that into account. Yep. And I will continue to, you know, hope that Lori Harvey manifests for me. <laughs> but are you actively pursuing wow. Lori? Have you slid in her DM? You know, out, out of respect. Yeah? I know you like to slide in Out of respect for yeah. my brother, my, Michael. You know, I'm going to just, I'm going to let that play its course, <laughs> let it run its course, and I'll be there to pick it off the rebound. <laughs> Good luck to you, my brother. Oriana. Oriana. That's all I got Rihanna to say. Can. She's with ASAP. Jordan she Woods. ASAP. She don't want you either. Why are you talking about why you're trying to go after women that actually have significant others? That seems like you're kind of a toxic person. It sounds a little not toxic. I'm not doing anything right that now. behavior. Not if I'm not making efforts right but, now. But you're, you're putting it out there. You're manifesting that, though. So even if you're not physically sliding in her DMs, you're putting it out there. But why would you want to do that? Why not go after a woman who's not taken? Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> I mean, I hear a lot of silence behind there. What's hey, going on? You know, your boy got a dream. <sighs> you got a dream. If you're going to manifest, if I'm going to manifest it, I, got, I, I better go for the Hail, Hail Mary, you know? Better go for the Hail Mary, you know? <laughs> Oh jeez. Anyways, this week on our on our uh, IG, we asked you guys the question of, you know, journal known to be a great outlet and beneficial to one's mental health. What are some good journal prompts and or topics for Black people? Um, so a couple of you responded. Yay! I appreciate you guys listening to my complaining about how I don't answer to the, the questions. So shout out to the the, the few of you who did. Um, so someone said, um, a good journal, journal prompt would be, who do you want to be just writing about one emotion at a time. And someone said that they would randomly ask themselves, what made me happy to be black today? Like that. Sweet. And then we also got someone who said they don't necessarily journal, but they meditate Ooh. and they feel like that counts. Yeah. I think even storing like affirmations as well like oh man mantras is always good so but yeah so i mean for tips to wrap all this up you know we encourage you guys to journal it might be interesting to start off it might be a little hard so you know we we got some ideas of how to get started first off it's always great to decide on what kind of journal you want to start with Either it's going to be a daily one, a brain flush, which is, you know, just at the end of the day, just writing down all your ideas just to get everything off your mind before bed so that you're not sitting there, staying up, thinking about things, reflecting. Just get it all out. Crawl into bed, knock out. You can have a mental health journal, specifically just going through your emotions and your feelings and what's what you're going through. An ideal journal, just jot it down, anything that pops in. Random prompts that you find on Pinterest, because Pinterest, that's what mainly the most of Pinterest is, is just random journal prompts. Self-reflection, just even doing a deep dive, digging into your traumas. Either maybe you might have a specific focus, whether it might be focusing on your pregnancy and, and what you're experiencing, going through your food journal of just like if you're trying to lose weight or gain it exercise journal or man you have a podcast journal that you keep going into maybe you might have a drawing journal or maybe you just like i don't like journals at all so i'm just gonna do it electronically i'm gonna make a tumblr a little blog do something online because there are also tons of journaling apps ones that you can do video or ones you can do you know voice text or just type it out next you know finding the perfect journal you know, some of you guys like shiny ones, spiral bound, gold, shiny pages. Hey, lock and key. Lock and key because, fellas, let me tell you. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. Composition notebooks. Yeah. All you know, of the things. Definitely. All of the things. You know, whatever suits you, your personality, whatever is going to inspire you to keep writing in it. That's going to be the biggest thing. Um, you know, 
And if you're going to do it, decide on how often. Decide on you're going to do it daily. You're going to just do like a weekly check-in. And then create a routine around it. You know, is it every Sunday at the end of the day? Is it when you just have a rough day? Or are you just going to do it randomly? Randomly, you have a least amount of chance because there's no routine. And, you know, you might start it and then you just never go back to it. Which I'm sure we've all experienced. And lightly... How to start? Start light. You don't need to, you know, write your major trauma, or you can just you know, say, "Hey, this is my journal, and this is what my purpose for it is, and you know, this is what the positive things that happened today." Before you dive in deeper. But yeah, you guys got any of your own personal tips for your journaling, and or what else could help other people? I think is another really good thing to pay attention to. Um, dreams oftentimes has a lot of symbolism and in writing down your dreams, you're able, you're also able to come up with a lot of ideas and you're also able to kind of think about a a lot of things that are going on within your lives. I think a lot of people kind of find that as something that's a little weird for them, but our dreams also tell us a lot about what's going on, going on in our lives and how we can change those things. Those little Symbolism that you might find in there, that's definitely a good good thing to write down when it comes to your journals too. Because ultimately it can be something great, whether, you know, it can be based too. And it may not sound like it makes sense, but you writing that down, when you're able to dissect it and really break it down, there's a bigger picture there. So yeah, dreams. Um, I would just say, you know, find the journaling style that fits you. Like I said, I draw more pictures than I actually write words. And even with the writing of words in my my sketches or whatever, it's usually me drawing words, if that makes sense. So think graffiti type of thing. So yeah, just do what fits you. Don't try and force it. Because I've, I've seen or heard of people that are just like, I'm going to take up journaling. And they go online and figure out one specific way. And, you know, if that doesn't work with them, they just give up altogether. Find out what works for you. True that. And with that said, yo, this is Love Yours, a podcast. The podcast that promotes black mental health, black mental wealth, and black mental stability. And they will forever be out of reach until you love yours. As always, we want to thank you guys for listening. Um, we encourage you to like, comment, subscribe, rate, and review. Share us with your people. Probably not your aunts and uncles, but yeah, your cousins, friends, they might, they might get a, a, a hoot out of listening to us. Wow. Oh I sounded so old with that. Yeah. Anyways, mm. <laughs> um, if you want to follow me, your girl, Vanessa Denae. This might be a good one for uh, the mamas and the daddies. Yeah, I know. But like, if they listen to other episodes, they're like, that girl, she cares so much. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not rocking with this. Anywho, if you would like to follow me, your girl, Vanessa Denae, you can follow me on IG as well as Twitter at Denae underscore Vanessa. That's D-A-N-E-E underscore V-A-H-N-E-S-S-A. It's your boy, Swoosh Knight, Swoosh underscore K-N-I-G-H-T. If you would like to follow the podcast, you can follow us on IG at loveyour underscore podcast and on Twitter at loveyours underscore pod. Mm. And our lovely guest... Kyra Mahoney, where, they, where, where can I find you at? And you can follow me at I am Kyra Mahoney, and my podcast Vibe Selection is available on all uh all platforms where they host a podcast: Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, everywhere. So check me out. Ooh, check her out. So, and with that being said, black men get a journal. Protected with your life. Go to therapy. Black women keep being awesome. Keep journaling. Yo, and let's just keep pursuing, you know, mental wellness. Yeah. You guys got anything else to say? Yeah, all that. All that, all that, all that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, thanks for listening. Bye. Peace. Oh. Bye.
Love yours, the podcast. The podcast.